So for today's podcast, it's time for an update on how we're looking here as we approach reopening. So Dr. Smith, superintendent, thanks for coming in again to have a conversation. And you and I are actually joined this time by Andy Owen. Andy is our EVSC director of athletics. Uh, Andy, we appreciate you taking the time to come in. Thank you for the opportunity. Looking forward to a good talk. Well, let's just start then with you, Andy. So you clearly have such a history in athletics here, and so you've got such a good handle on this. And Athletics have been in place now here for the fall season for a little bit now. So why don't you start by giving us an update so that people know exactly what's taken place as the fall sports season has started. Well, we officially started IHSA calendar year of sports on last Friday. We started girls golf. All of our other fall athletic sports started this Monday. So we're in full gear going uh, fall athletic sports. Um, in July, we spent a month preparing for this with all of our sports back on campus. So it wasn't just our fall sports. We had basketball, possibly baseball or softball. Uh, many different sports from all seasons were competing and working together in July. Uh, that finished at the end of July, and now we are where we are today with our fall athletes looking forward, hopefully, to a successful and safe season. So let's let's take a deeper look there when you say a safe season. So obviously we're talking about um, the era of COVID and how that impacts not only schools but athletics as well. So I know you, the athletic directors, the head coaches have worked tirelessly to put systems in place to make athletics as safe as possible. You want to talk to us a little bit about what that looks like? Absolutely. There's been a lot of collaboration. Um, It's going to take more than just our students and our coaches and our families. It's going to take the entire community to uh, have some success first COVID and a return, hopefully safely, most importantly, to school more than even athletics. Um, We started with training our coaches, making sure that they're prepared and understand what COVID is about. Then we went to educate. We tried to educate everyone in the community, not just our student athletes and their families, but everyone on what it's going to take and how to follow our plans and our guidelines. And lastly, we came up with a screening process. We worked with the local health department, the CDC and the state department of health to come up with simple questions that um, if your student athlete wants to voluntarily participate in July, they had to answer questions regarding symptoms, temperature, and have they been around anyone that's a positive contact. So it was a lot of uh, communication and a lot of collaboration among the thoughts that uh, we followed these guidelines and did what we could for kids to get back on campus. We had nearly five, 600 kids on campus in July. And so with that number, now we did have just a very small number of positive cases Mm -hmm. of COVID, but talk to us about the structure that was put in place, how even when that happened, we were able to limit the amount of student athletes that were impacted by that. I think that's a great question. And I think if there's anything anybody gets out of here today, I definitely want to say this. We are going about this with abundance of caution, looking daily at data from what we've had in July to know what we can do when we return in August. We have had positive cases. We've had positive cases at a few schools. Some schools have not had positive cases. But most importantly, we had positive cases and we were able to continue safely because of the plan that we follow, the guidelines that were provided, and because of the work and the communication of the family, the coach, and the student athlete. So when there is a positive case, that student athlete is gone for 10 days from their positive case or from when their symptoms started. What people don't realize, and a lot of the go-back controversy, in my opinion, a lot of people are spending a lot of time on positive cases and death. What we do not realize is that the positive contact So if you were in contact with a positive case, so one positive case 
might have hung out at friends, might have gone to a graduation party, might have been on a family vacation to Florida with some friends. If you were with them during the 48 hours prior to their positive test or symptoms, you will be quarantined as well for 14 days. We've been able to maintain this and continue to have sports, but when education comes around, that's 14 days, not just with the positive case, but those that are also a positive contact. And that could possibly at some point disrupt your sports season and your education. But right now during the summer, we've been able to continue. But those are things that we have to look at and continue to look at each and every day. And yeah, if I could, just a couple points of clarification. Those positive cases came into us from the community, correct? Yes. um, And we we don't really say a school or an individual or anything like that. But the cases that we've had with our athletes, we have noticed that Many of them have come from the same location, and it wasn't at our practice. And then another one was a family member that also contracted it. I'm not here to tell you that it will never happen at our at sure. our athletic events, but what we've had so far in our minimal amounts have been traced positively by the family to a certain place and a certain person that was never involved in any of our athletics. So I feel good that what we're doing is right, but the message out there to our families and our community is we can do this during school. We can do this during practice, but can you help us to do this outside? It's like Major League in a bu- or NBA in a bubble. They're doing it. Major League Baseball is spending billions of dollars to do everything right at the park when they arrive and when they leave. They're doing the things right, but they can't control what the players are doing sure. prior or post. And it's the same thing with us and athletically. Hopefully, our student athletes are going to advocate and champion what they're supposed to do, washing hands, social distance, wearing a mask, because that's what we need not only at our facilities, but outside of them. Which really is why, Dr. Smith, you and community leaders have said time and again, it takes everyone in the community to make good decisions to try to limit the spread of this. But once again, I just want to emphasize what uh, Coach Owen has has stated, because I know there are several in the community that say, you know, I I want to know... um, how safe it is in school, or I want to be able to, to track certain numbers because I want to know how EVSC is doing in the school. It's not just us and what we're doing in the school. Some of the positives or individuals have tested positive never set foot on our campus. Right. So I think that's important to note. And it's also important to note that to this day, uh, we're fortunate that nothing has spread because of the steps, the mitigation steps that we've put in place, Coach Owen and his uh, coaches have put in place, um, so that we know that it has, it's not spreading in our schools. Well, well, let me pick up on that then and ask you, Andy, for that. The systems that you all have put in place when you're looking at athletic teams, I think someone who's not aware of it may think, so if you have one positive case, the entire volleyball team is quarantined, mm-hmm. the entire football team. That has not been the case. Do you want to tell us why? Yeah, The guidance out there provided from the professional level to the collegiate, to the high school, to even the community provided by our health departments is six feet, 15 minutes. And that is the guidance that they're giving. One of the things that we can do um, during contact sports and things is put our teams in cohorts and groups so that you're only working consistently with the same people. So if one person was to get it, we can look specifically in that cohort and say, 
what players were you around and were you with them six feet, 15 minutes? So the cohort part of the group is part of our practice plan and preparation that our coaches have had to go to, to think if I do get a positive case, did we follow these rules? Will this have to knock out my whole entire team instead of just looking at a close group of, of cohorts? So it's the same thing, very similar in a school system. If we can do what we need to do socially distancing and follow the protocol, one positive case does not shut down your school. Um, from all of the guidance that we've gotten, you can continue to do things the right way if you follow the guidelines and the practices that you've put in place. And, you know, the interesting thing, Dr. Smith, is as Andy's talking about athletics, that's why we thought for an update it would be perfect to bring him into this discussion because this has really almost been, to some regards, a training ground to, to see this test situation for Absolutely. the last month as we prepare to reopen schools. No, uh, that's a great Great point. We, we've gotten very good at contact tracing. We've gotten very good at making certain that we know who uh, has been around whom. Uh, the coaches have done an outstanding job. There are protocols in place, and those protocols are working. Once again, students are not contracting COVID-19 in our walls or within our facilities or within our practices. At least that's not the case to date. So, uh, But I think it also speaks to the importance of the community. Uh, right now, the positivity rate or the percent positive, however you want to phrase that, uh, as of today, August the 4th, is 10.2%. That just simply is unacceptable. Um, I know that the governor's mask executive order went in effect, I believe, on the 27th of July. So toward the end of this week, beginning of next, we have to start seeing those numbers trend downward. If we don't, then uh, we're going to have to huddle up again and see what we do for the start of school on August the 19th. Because, you know, at this point, of course, we've said we have our start of school plan. We've talked before about the staggered start, three days and then three days where we, in essence, are dealing with half of the students at a time to help not only the students, but the teachers and the schools get back and, and acclimate right. and, and get protocols in place. But I think one of the things people struggle with, and, and I'm sure maybe as an educational leader, you're in this situation, where do we get the data from? What guides us in our decision making? And how would you answer that? Well, you know, we had published a dashboard and mm -hmm. a key component of that dashboard were uh, metrics that we were receiving from the Vanderbilt County Health Department. They since uh, are no longer populating their site because the state has contracted that service uh, outside. So now we're going to the Vander or to the uh, Indiana State Department mm -hmm. of Health's website, which is full of of a great deal of, of data and material and information. Um, so what we're tracking right now are the number of uh, confirmed positives on a daily basis. Uh, we're also looking at that positivity rate. We're also looking at what age groups have uh, certain percentages of testing positive because we do know uh, that we have a fairly good percent of the population uh ages 5 through 18 in our schools. So that's something that we look at. We also look at the age band of, of 30 on up because many of them are parents. So mm -hmm. once again, to Coach Owen's point, um, if if you have a parent that is tested positive, then that means that the entire family has to self-quarantine for 14 calendar days. So there are just many facets, I think, that are involved in that. Um, that's why we are now adjusting what we look at and what we actually put out on our um 
on our data dashboard, if you will, and being very attentive to the uh, number of daily cases as well as that percent positive. And and as you try to try to get control on this somehow for the things we can control, and as you and Coach Owen have said, so many things may be out of our control away from our, our four walls within a classroom, so to speak. You want to remind everyone again the things that have been put in place throughout the summer as we prepare for the reopening to try to make our school environments as safe as possible. So many things have been done. We did a very thorough analysis of all of the square footage of all 40 buildings. Uh, we were able to achieve social distancing within 38 of our 40 buildings. Uh, two elementary schools, very large elementary schools, didn't have quite the square footage that we needed. So the fourth and fifth grades of Highland and Hebron are being moved to Harwood. Uh, on First Avenue, and Harwood Prep Academy is being moved to AIS uh, on Stringtown. Uh, And so that will be a move that has really been undertaken to make certain that all of our kids are safe and that that we can practice social distancing. We also have acquired a tremendous amount of PPE. We also have acquired a tremendous amount of cleaning supplies as well as misters and foggers to make certain that the environment is as, as clean as it possibly can be. We have processes and and protocols in place. Uh, So we are very, very prepared. Uh, I feel very confident that we've taken the steps that we can take inside our four walls. We once again are pleading with the community to continue to do what they need to do to make certain that they mitigate the spread of COVID-19. It's almost like you can't let your foot off the gas because you see communities not only in this nation, but around the world. It seems like if you let your foot off the gas just for a second, the numbers go right back right. up. And I think that's what we've seen. You know, when some of the restrictions were uh, relaxed, when we opened up um, the communities once again, that didn't mean that the protocols and those precautions were relaxed. So I think people think that they go hand in hand and they don't. If we want to have the numbers trend downward as we must have them do, then we have to take the necessary precautions. It's no different on the football field than uh, when you're outside, when you're socializing with friends, stay six feet apart, wear that mask, do what you need to do to mitigate the spread of COVID-19. And you know, another thing that we've put in place, you've talked, used the term social distancing many times as you've been speaking here, but each one of our classrooms are now set up, including cafeterias, including auditoriums, so that students can be a distance apart. So that just as Andy said, that just because one player would happen to test positive doesn't mean the whole team is shut down. The same could be said of a classroom, Absolutely. right? A fourth grade room, a ninth grade room. This comes from the United State Department of Health. It comes from the Vanderbilt County Health Department. If we would have a student that would test positive for COVID-19, say a fourth grade student, we simply would then go to the seating chart, make certain that uh, we had the appropriate social distancing practices in place, uh, six feet, 15 minutes, and then there would not be a need for those individuals in the classroom to quarantine. Now, if the parents would like for them to, or if they have concerns about that, then certainly we'll work with parents. But, sure. but we've taken the steps necessary to mitigate the spread of COVID-19 within our walls. To date, that's been very successful. And we also know our teachers are preparing for whatever comes their way, including if they need to do some instructing virtually along with classrooms to make sure that students, if they do have a need to stay home, that they're in a position where learning can continue for those short-term situations. Correct. And then, of course, we still have the virtual academy, a lot of interest in that. Um, You know, we've had some people reach out and not being as familiar with it have said things like, maybe I should homeschool my child. And then they find out really with the virtual academy, that's what you're accomplishing. You have your child at home with you, yet teacher support, local teacher support and curriculum guidance is right there. Absolutely. 
my wife, I were, were both teachers and there's no way that I would have tried to homeschool my children because I wouldn't have had the resources. If you feel that your child needs to be at home, certainly respect that. But then we do have the EVSC virtual Academy that will provide the resources and the teachers for you. I wanted to clarify too. Some people have asked this question, so we'll go ahead and answer it now. You know, they're looking ahead. They don't have a crystal ball, but if there would be a, a, a stoppage to school or a, a virtual period of time, something like that, they're asking, what about the EVSC Virtual Academy? Once that starts, it's going to be up and running, and it will not take pauses based on the situation. Correct. Once Virtual Academy begins on August the 19th, it will continue unabated. Okay. And I guess as we wrap this up, Dr. Smith, I, again, here we go with the crystal ball again. You don't have one, certainly. But as you look ahead over these next couple of weeks, what type of things will be going through your mind? What will you be looking at as decisions have to be made as we approach reopening our schools? Certainly. Well, as you know, we delayed the start of school for two weeks. We were to begin August the 5th. Now that's been delayed to August the 19th, basically because of the positivity rate raising or rising, excuse me, as well as the number of daily cases uh, increasing, those individuals testing positive. We also, we're going to continue to look at those bits of data. We also have several area schools, though, beginning. So we'll see how that fares. Um, you know, I know that in Indiana as well as Kentucky, we've had some schools that have opened up, and it is unfathomable to me that individuals would find out when they are in attendance at school that their test came back positive. Please, if you have been tested for COVID-19 and the test results are not back yet, do not enter our schools. Sure. We can only do this. Amen. We can only do this with a cooperation and collaboration okay. with our parents and all the community. I can't stress that enough. So we will take into consideration the schools that are opening, how successful that has gone. We'll continue to look at the positivity rate. Frankly, that needs to be lower and much lower than it is right now, 10.2% uh, on August the 4th. We'll also continue to look at uh, charting the number of cases that have been uh, positive on a daily basis. So those are our three main uh, sources of information that we will continue to review and process uh, as we deliberate about August the 19th. And I know we'll stay in constant contact with the Vandenberg County Health Department, the Indiana State Department of Health, as well the Indiana as, Department of Education. As well as Deaconess and St. Vincent. Okay. Uh, those two health entities have been phenomenal partners. And last thing I want to just say again, and you and I have talked about this before, but I do think it's such a change for parents to understand, to your point about please don't send your child if you're awaiting a test result, that type of thing. Attendance is going to look different this year, and that doesn't mean that we don't want kids to be attuned to their learning, but this is not the year, as we've said, to be a hero to earn perfect attendance. When in doubt, please keep your child at right. home. And that's why we've gone to such extraordinary lengths to make certain that education can continue at home, be it on a very short-term basis, or if you want to take advantage of our decade-old EVSC Virtual Academy. Uh, we do have options for everyone. No one, no one should come to school if they're symptomatic or, or not feeling well. Okay. Thank you very much, Dr. Smith. Andy Owen, thanks for coming by today. I know you spoke to Rotary today, just kind of giving them a similar update, so we thought it'd be perfect to bring you in the dis, uh, discussion. And thanks to you and all the athletic directors and coaches who have really done a phenomenal job getting sports off to uh, a great start so far this year. Yes. Appreciate it, and thank you again to the families, the players, and our coaches for um, continuing to work hard to hopefully a safe return to school. And if I could, yes. hats off to our coaches, to our families, and to our players. Our players know 
that this yes. could be their last practice each and every day. If they don't take care of business outside of practice, they realize that it could end. And uh, high school sports is so important, not only to the athletes, but to our entire community. That's why, once again, we're pleading with the community, take the precautions necessary to stop the spread of COVID-19. Okay. Well said, Dr. Smith. Please keep following us on EVSC Facebook, social media, EVSC website at evscschools.com for the latest information. Thank you both. Thank you.